<laughs> Maybe turn off the metronome. For us. <laughs> Welcome back to Rules as Written. Rules as Written. Not as how you impress that they are, it's how they're written. <laughs> Welcome back to Rules as Written, the DD podcast where we tell you the rules as they are written. And hey. no other way. <laughs> We've made that joke like seven times now. <laughs> so we are back looking at races. Yeah. Now we've done the benign races we've done the short races and now it's time for the scary the spooky races yeah so what's first for us half orc let's dive in with a half orc what is a half orc where do half orcs come from the earth from (laughs) the ground like an isengard now the book has a bit of a disturbing thing where it says that sometimes human tribes and orc tribes need to join forces. And so... Ah, the classic uh, yeah, alliance by marriage. marriage. And they marry each other off. I don't know if you've looked at the art for an orc, <laughs> but if that was my husband, I would not be thrilled. <laughs> Especially some of the earlier art from first you, and second edition. You just gotta keep calm and carry on. Yeah. <laughs> wow, I don't Toby, be... I didn't know that you had such a such a inflamed opinion about I don't want to be racist. It's just a lot of teeth. <laughs> <laughs> In places where they shouldn't be. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, they exist whether you like it or not. And they're cool. I like half walks. I think they're uh, Definitely an underutilized race. Like, people don't choose them as often as I think they really should. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know. You can play yourself, be like a particularly sexy orc, and that's that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's always sexy in D&D. You know this, JT. It's one of the requirements. So, half-orcs, they can fit in both worlds, actually. It kind of says they can rise to become chieftains of their orc tribes, and they can kind of settle in normal human societies as well. A bit like the half-elves. Yeah, so there'll be a degree, I think maybe a more of a degree of mistrust between both races, though. You know, where yeah. like, whereas yeah, with yeah. the elves, I feel like there's less of a sense of eminent danger. I think, I think it depends on who's looking at them. I think humans trust half-elves just fine, but might not, might be a bit wary of a half-orc. Mm-hmm. But I feel like orcs don't see half-orcs as that much different, like as long as they can fight and, you know, lead and whatever. So you prove yourself whereas, more easily. Yeah, like, whereas it's in your ability. elves don't like half-elves. Right. <laughs> So, yeah, it's a, it's a bit backwards, I guess. Okay, so we're going to look at a 6 foot, 7 foot tall, 180 to 250 pound behemoth. They are muscle. Yeah. They have all the attributes that you would think they have. Just if you heard the name Half-Orc, they see scars as like a... It could be a mark of pride or... Yeah, even like beauty. Yeah, so scars actually seem to be a kind of storytelling aspect of them. They're something that's important to them in a way that might be more so than like a human or something. And they also say that some could be the mark of a former slave or disgraced exile. I think that applies to every race, to be honest. You could use this as a tool for a backstory if you want to have it a 
mark of pride or a mark of shame, an orc would feel this very greatly and very deeply. They also have a cool thing with their god. Yeah, one-eyed I... <laughs> groom. One-eyed groom. Get off my lawn! I seize you, but I don't know how far away you are. Yeah. So the idea of mark of groom is you have that literally that voice in your in your mind near constantly. So I thought this was kind of an interesting mechanic where built into your race you have this kind of pull to evil almost constantly <laughs> yeah i mean they it constantly tries to make you rage it does say some half orcs so i guess you don't have to do this but it's it's like there right it's there so groomsh the god of the orcs is a pretty angry dude and he wants you to feel angry too he also wants you to punch things do it now. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah, like I said, it's kind of cliche half-orc shit, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> it's exactly what you would expect. <laughs> they live in tribes, but they can also be found in slums. They don't tend to rise up the property ladder very well. Uh, bunch of racists. <laughs> Not letting the orc there do. It's the One height. day groom shall take care of them all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're kind of just a uh, very physically adept race and they kind of pass it off as maybe a victim of their circumstances because everyone kind of slightly distrusts them at all times so it's quite hard for a half orc to get anywhere and yeah they tend to lean more towards being accepted in orc societies because they can smash yeah but also they're a bit more clear-minded because of their human blood yeah, so they're able to simmer down that yeah. voice of Groomsh. <laughs> Get shit done. Yeah, so if they pass by a shop, they might hide their super valuable wares or things like that. You know, racists. <laughs> <laughs> so what do half-orcs get? Your strength score will increase by two and your constitution will increase by one. So half-orcs are barbarians. Basically. Or fighters. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of exactly what you'd expect. Anything that you'd, like, benefit from having a large strength score. They mature slightly faster than humans, though. Yeah, burn they, fast. Yeah, they reach adulthood at age 14, and they, they rarely live longer than 75. So, the flame that burns smashiest burns the shortest. <laughs> oh, that means that their marriage age is a little bit <laughs> younger than... I, I'm not getting into that. This is, this is, uh... What's the prime age for, like, marriage material orc? Like, I have a fiefdom, right? <laughs> and I need to make it alive. I mean, it's, like, if, if we're talking about, like, medieval marriage ages... Although medieval marriage ages were kind of the same as now, really, for, like, fiefdom stuff. Yeah, 14... <laughs> I mean, that whole thing, yeah, that's that's a bit of an urban myth, isn't it? Is it? Yeah. If like, you look at, like, just all royal marriages and documented marriages, they all marry at kind of normal ages. Oh, okay. Like, or in their 20s or something. This has been medieval history moment. <laughs> <laughs> they are a medium-sized creature, but they are meant to be a bit bigger than humans. They range from five to well over six feet. Your speed is 30. You have dark vision. You got that. Oh, yeah. 60 feet. You can see in dim light as if it were bright light. But you can't discern color. You can't discern color. In darkness. I mean, you can normally see color. <laughs> <laughs> Just making sure. <laughs> you get proficiency intimidation because you're a big old half orc. Yeah, you scary. Use it. This is pretty good. You also get relentless endurance. This is a cool one. I think that's pretty fun. So what is relentless endurance? It's... Pretty much part of our level 20 barbarian build. Yeah, but it's with kind less of, yeah. amazing flavor. <laughs> <laughs> if you are reduced to zero hit points but not killed outright, so if you don't go minus below your 
Total HP. Yeah. You drop to one hit point instead, and you can't use this feature until you have a long rest. So that can definitely help you out of a bind. That makes it, I think, lean towards, like, the you're at the forefront of yeah, combat. Yeah, kind of. you're definitely going to be taking some blows. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, it, it's super, I mean, kind of underrated. Because if you're taking, let's say, you've got HP of 30, and you take 20 damage at 2 HP... They don't have to heal, like your party members don't have to heal that 20 damage to get you back up. Yeah. Like in the fight, you just, like like you save 20 damage worth, well, 18 damage worth of healing for your party as well. Like the math can get pretty cool. Yeah. In addition, you have awesome crits. So, savage attacks. Yeah. Your savage attacks are when you score a critical hit with a melee weapon. You can roll one of the weapon's damage dice, another time and add it to the extra damage of the crit so you yeah your crits are even better nice this is all for like frontline stuff isn't it you also speak common and orcish it's written using the dwarvish script yeah use hard consonants <laughs> <laughs> yeah so that's orcs really it's a pretty what do you think of them half orcs I, I think that my favorite thing about half orcs are the mark of Groomsh. I think that's like a yeah, kind of hilarious little... thing that is just embedded into your brain always. <laughs> do evil. Do it now. It's a cool thing. I like it. <laughs> yeah. So it might kind of like lead you to a more cha like chaotic character if you yeah. have something. And that Talk could be a your story. <laughs> yeah, Talk with your party yeah, beforehand. That could be kind of um, a story hook as well maybe like as freeing a DM, yourself from Grumsh could be or as a dm you can also kind of have like um maybe some kind of you know i feel like dreams can be used as a fortune telling aspect to kind of yeah. like give clues or something like that maybe Grumsh wants you to smash something you don't know necessarily whether you should trust it or not or what to smash yeah <laughs> the answer is always everything <laughs> <laughs> all right up next have you ever wanted to play a dwarf but be tall whoa we've got the race for you it's dragonborn yeah you're a dragon and you walk. Yep. People also still don't like you. <laughs> <laughs> so this one, like, while an orc, like, you might be able to, you know, go around human society and, like, they're, like, a little wary of you, but I feel like you might be a little bit more accepted sometimes. Yeah. Uh, as a dragon board, I think people are more cautious because you're, like, a little bit A more fucking dragon, right? Like, dragon. <laughs> Not a lot you're, of good like, a seven-foot-tall, 300-pound fire-breathing, potentially. Yeah. Death machine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so dragonborns are very clan-based, which is why I kind of feel they're like two dwarfs. Yeah, that definitely has a lot of parallels. In the script, they even mentioned that they might revere their clans more than they would their gods. Although they love self-reliance. They're really big on self-reliance. So making sure that they're not asking for help is like top of the list for a dragonborn and then if they do ask for help they'll pretty much only ask it from their clans it makes sense i mean you're like a six and a half foot tall 300 pound like dragon dude like <laughs> you're probably expected to do everything yourself <laughs> <laughs> dragonborns are descended from the chromatical metallic dragons which are red green blue black and white for the chromatics those are kind of the evil ones i'm sure we'll do an episode on this at some point yeah dragons and then the metallic which are kind of the good ones are brass bronze copper gold and silver each of them has an element kind of attached to them and we'll get into that in a second dragonborns are also very very much on like a self-improvement kick 
They're reading all of those <laughs> motivational <self-help> books. books. <laughs> they're, they're constantly trying to improve themselves. And that leans into their self-sufficiency as well. Yeah, I think that's a real good like lead for role play. Yeah, you're always destined for excellence. Yeah. So what, what do they get? If you choose the wonderful race of dragonborns, you get a strength increase by two and charisma by one. So, I mean, the first thing I'm thinking of is a paladin, right? You yeah. get to hit things, and also your spellcasting is charisma. Because of your spellcasting ability. So mm. that might like lean in pretty well with that. Mm. Um, otherwise, this is like a pretty tough thing to work in with a lot of cl- classes, I think. Something that uses both strength and charisma. Yeah. I mean, charisma is always kind of good, right? It's one of the more used stats. That's true. Just day to day. But Paladin seems to be the the way to go if you want to optimize a Dragonborn. How do they age? Well, just like half orcs, they grow quite quickly. You'll reach a 10-year-old human life at the age of three and adulthood by 15. Also, they hatch. I mean, it came from, from an, an egg. egg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, There's a, a thing. Yeah, fun little introduction into... <laughs> you want to be a baby Dragonborn? They, they like, live about the same as humans though so they age quick but they live about the same they can live to be around 80 that feels a bit weird i feel like they should be older right dragons live so fucking long thousands of years and you just get 80 yeah they're kind of real yeah i always get 700 right i I feel like there's some room here yeah D, come on 80 and it's a lot of time in develop in like uh, adult years as well i think they just age quicker, but then you die at relatively the same age as like a human. Yeah. The alignment. The alignment is pretty interesting for dragonborns. They tend to the extremes. They make conscious choices for one side or the other in the cosmic war between good and evil, <laughs> which is represented by Bahamut and Tiamat, which are two very, very old gods in the D&D universe. Like they go back to first edition. So it can seem like they might have a very ingrained sense of moral virtue. Yeah. They're more like self-assured in that area. Most of them tend to be good. I, I've i played with Dragonborn Paladins, played with a Dragonborn Monk as well, and he played it as though um, everything was a black and white decision, which was interesting at times, infuriating at others. <laughs> but because they lean towards these extremes as well, if they kind of side with Tiamat, the evil one, they they can be really really evil like no holds barred evil yeah they're still a medium-sized creature they're well over six feet tall so six to seven feet and 250 to 300 pounds yep just a big boy a big regular boy your normal walking speed is also average it'll be 30 feet yeah so kind of what defines you as a dragonborn is your color sadly like humans (laughs) oh no (laughs) although this one is a bit less depressing (laughs) yeah at least you can have like all of the rainbow yeah this one you choose whether you're kind of chromatic or metallic it doesn't necessarily have anything to do with your alignment if you're good or evil but you will get a damage type with it either acid lightning fire poison or cold yeah, so you're elemental by nature, and that will go into that'll be your draconic ancestry, mm-hmm. and that will contribute to your breath weapon and your damage resistance. So you'll choose one of these, and you'll have d6 
damage resistance to whatever it is. There's a little table on the PHP in the Dragonborn section. Which makes sense, right? Like, just like with dragons, if you breathe cold, you're very resistant to cold, cold right? It's in you. Yeah. So your breath weapon is pretty cool. It's either a five foot by 30 foot line with a dex save, or it's a 15 foot cone with a dex or con save, depending on which color you chose. Yeah, so that will be like the functional mechanic of why you might choose one color Mm. over another color. The DC for the saving throw is eight plus your constitution modifier plus your proficiency bonus. So this can actually get quite high. And a creature will take 2d6 damage on a failed throw or half as much on a successful one. This damage also racks up. So you'll get 3d6 at 6th level, 4d6 at 11th and 5d6 at 16th level. Yeah, and you get one use of this every short or long rest. Yeah, you can you can churn this out. Right? Yeah. So is a breath weapon magical? Does it deal magic damage? No, no. So if there's something that has resistance to magical damage, this gets through it as well. Although if you need magical damage to damage it, this doesn't. <laughs> That's kind of a bummer. Yeah. So you can deal elemental damage and that might be useful for a lot of situations. You can also use these in quite flavorful ways as well. If you've got like acid breath, maybe you could, and you're in a prison, maybe you could chew through the bars to get out of prison. <laughs> yeah, there's some cool things here. So for languages, you can read common and draconic. You'd expect that, right? Exactly what you would think. What's your favorite thing about dragonborns? They're kind of neat. Just just like the concept of them, right? People like want to be dragons. The game's called Dungeons and Dragons. Here's a dragon you can be. You can literally be one. There you go. Um, I think they're they're fun. They're very like cool to roleplay. If you have someone that's good at roleplaying, you can get some real cool moments with a dragonborn. Moments mm. of personal growth as well. Yeah, like times when, I mean, obviously in a party of players, having someone that leans towards like, I must be self-sufficient goes kind of antagonistically towards that goal sometimes. Yeah, so, so I mean, you've, you've got to have the realistic expectations, right? You've still yeah. got to work with the party. But also there is things which... You can grow as a person and start asking for help. And now we're friends. <laughs> all right. Now we're on to tieflings. Tiefling. The scariest of all. <gasps> yes, people really don't like tieflings. Yeah, people really don't like tieflings. Tieflings are basically demon children, yeah. fey children. Uh, it's, it's kind of a bit ambiguous. Mostly demons like have at some point been in your ancestry so you got a funky tail and horns now so how does that happen oh jt (laughs) (laughs) actually i should have asked this with the dragonborn as well how does that happen jt please can we just uh (laughs) can we just nah i'm uh, succubus exist right in this universe let's just (laughs) let's just roll with that is succubus or an incubus probably I guess also dragons can take human forms, right? Yeah, dragons fuck everything. Like, <laughs> yeah, why is there like a dragon turtle? How did that dragon turtle get to be? <laughs> dragon fucked a turtle. That's how that dragon turtle got to be. Yeah, if you're looking for more content for your games. Dragon <laughs> slash anything, right? <laughs> All right. Christ. So that happened with a de- literal demon. And yeah, they can also have hooves exist. as well. Is that optional? I think, I guess so. I guess all of this is optional, right? <laughs> <Like>. <laughs> how, how tiefling do you want to be? Yeah, because they're pretty mm. scary. I mean, they come out with horns. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's a painful birth, isn't it? Oh, man. Oh, out of a human mother. 
Oh, God. <laughs> I hope they got a C-section. All right, there's your backstory. Maybe they maybe they come in later, like adult teeth. Right? <laughs> <laughs> maybe they grow out during puberty. Yeah, it comes out very human looking, and then all of a sudden you're like, did you always have hooves? <laughs> Wait a second. I didn't remember that. Yeah, sometimes they have hooves, sometimes they don't, sometimes they've got pointy teeth, sometimes they're more demon-like, sometimes they're basically sexy humans with a tail. It really depends on the group you're running and how much anime that player watches. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, there is a lot of variation in like how, how this can look for you. Like Whatever the cross between a demon and a person looks... Here, here's your thing. Yeah, I mean, you like your horns can be huge or tiny. You can file them down. Your like skin color can be black, red, white, silver, like anything. Your eye color can be anything. There's a lot of customization to go on here. I think it's why tieflings are so popular. Yeah, and that also helps like kind of gauge how other people will react to you, because like a half orc comes into town, people like you know they hide their shit. Dragonborn comes into town, maybe they like close their doors a little bit. You know, maybe not as many shops seem to be open today. A tiefling comes into town. And you're on a stake before tea time. <laughs> yeah. Did this Lighting town a used fire. to have so many crosses everywhere? <laughs> the salt piles everywhere. It's really weird. So that could be a good... Oh, imagine if that was a business. You're a tiefling salt salesman, but you just walk into town. People like are leaving, are trying to salt you. Or you just collect oh, it's all like it grift. It's and a then grift. sell it later. Oh, it's like the plot of The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, where one of them commits a crime, and then the other one will get the bounty on his head, but then he shoots the, the noose before he's hung. This is like that, but with a little more wacky antics. <laughs> that was quite the tangent. <laughs> so tieflings tend to be the most outcast out of all of these because where half elves can kind of fit in with humans a little bit, half orcs tend to fit in with orcs. Tieflings, there's no demons for them to fit in unless yeah, they're going don't... to the abyss or the nine hells or whatever. And even then, like, what do you have to relate to them with? The... Yeah, right. You're too human for that shit and humans are just scared of you. So there's a lot of independence that comes with a tiefling. Yeah, I feel like that might build a lot of resentment towards, um, you know, most people. Yeah. There's also the classic plot hooks with the tiefling. Who is my mother? Why am I demon? Yeah, on second thought, I don't want to hear that story. <laughs> <laughs> so tieflings. Tieflings, their ability score, their intelligence increases by one and their charisma score increases by two. Right. Sounds like a good sorcerer. Yeah. I mean, that also kind of lends to your mysterious origin, right? Mm. Innate power, inborn power. Tieflings mature at the same rate as humans, but they live a bit longer because of their demon blood, I guess. Also incredibly disappointing. Yeah. Why can't they live for like, I don't know, give them like 150 years. Yeah. Right. I mean, like how long human do life? demons live? Like they don't even have... Lifespans, I think demons are immortal. So, I'm like, sure. so between a mortal and a human lifespan, they came up with human lifespan, <laughs> but <laughs> a few a years long. <laughs> Tieflings have an innate tendency towards evil. They kind of end up there a lot of the time, but there's also a lot of them that try and fight against it. They try and be an example. Right? Yeah. So this is kind of like, like with the orcs, it's something that is maybe built in that you combat against yeah i mean they, they have a bit of the demon in them but maybe they want to be a good example for what the kids is good baby don't hurt me <laughs> don't hurt baby <laughs> good it's, it's hurt baby good or don't hurt baby good 
eat bit. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so size. Tieflings are about the same size and build as humans. Yeah. 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 In a lot of ways, you're functionally like a human. Your speed is 30 feet. You're six foot three. You're six foot three. <laughs> but you have dark vision. You do have dark vision. You can see in dim light as if it were bright light, but only shades of gray, 60 feet. They get hellish resistance. So you get resistance to fire damage. Note that down. That's something that's very easy to forget when you're playing a tiefling. You also get some free magic, which is pretty cool, especially if you're not in a magic casting class. You get Thaumaturgy as a cantrip from the bat. When you reach third level, you get Hellish Rebuke, which is quite cool. Um, you can cast it once per day at a second level. Once you reach fifth level, you get the Darkness spell and use Charisma as your spellcasting modifier for all of this. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Three spells for a race. I mean, that's pretty cool. And they're also quite useful. Darkness is a good spell. Thaumaturgy, they're all very open spells, right? Yeah, these are ones that can scale pretty easily with you. Thaumaturgy yeah, there's is always a lot of useful. flavor to how you use them. Yeah. Lastly, you can speak, read, common and infernal. Yep. And write it. So you can bust that out at parties to scare people if you want. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Yep. I think that's it. That's it for races. Wait, what's your favorite thing about tieflings? I like how they're all six foot three. <laughs> yeah, no, no variation. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I normally play a tiefling, right? That's kind of my thing. Mostly because it fits the warlock. I'm kind of getting itch, an itch to play a campaign where I play a completely random character. Like I roll absolutely everything. We should have an episode on that. Just literally make a random character. Yeah, that could be a fun. That could be fun for Patreon. Yeah. Join our Patreon. We may send that out. Who and we'll knows? send you our horrible creation. <laughs> <laughs> you can play test at your own expense. Yeah, you can tell us how it goes, where it goes. So that's it for today. You can email me, toby at ruleswrittenshow.com. And you can catch the show notes at ruleswrittenshow.com. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. That helps out a ton. Yes, please. That would be so good. And you can become our patron on patreon.com for benefits like special behind-the-scenes content and other good stuff that we're coming out with. And awesome. random characters. <laughs> and random character <laughs> creations. Until then, I'm Toby. I'm JT. Bye. Catch ya. Catch ya.